This is episode 45 of the I Am Still Standing podcast. Let's welcome guest Angela Heath as we discuss domestic abuse and how the church can support survivors. Angela is an ordained minister, an author, and a voice for women. This episode has been sponsored by the second annual I'm Still Standing Women's Retreat. The retreat will be held from Friday, May 29th till Saturday, May 30th at the Guelph Bible Conference Center. Tickets go on sale in January. I met Ange last year and we kicked it off immediately. I think we spent um, over an hour on the phone the first time we spoke. Oh, yeah. See, I forgot about that. <laughs> and we met on Instagram, I think yeah, it was, which yeah. is crazy because we know a lot, have a lot of mutual friends and acquaintances. Yeah. Um, so it's a real blessing to have you on. Oh, thank you for having me. <laughs> so I want to start with something fun. Um, what is one thing we'd be surprised to know about you? Oh, geez. Um, wow. That's a good question. Um, I'm kind of nerdy. I'm a little nerd at heart. Um, I've been told, I've discovered actually. So yeah, I like doing research. I like the hobbits. I like, uh, Harry Potter, mental that sort of thing which, okay yeah it's, it's interesting right <laughs> that's interesting I yeah I wouldn't expect that I would not expect that yeah okay cool um so you shared a lot with me when we first met and your testimony is like wow the fact that you're here in front of me well virtually is amazing yeah. um god has really been good and you're yeah. a survivor of domestic violence that happened before you met your husband mm-hmm. um do you mind sharing a bit of that testimony with us so at that time in my life i i think i was still trying i was still pretty young and i was still trying to figure out life um i do have you know a bit of background so my story is not you know a straight story there are other um issues and situations you know in the past um so when i met um he is my child's father i had already had one child and i was just looking for you know someone who was going to love me and i was going to love them back and his past wasn't the greatest either. And I, I always had this sense that, you know, um, I could fix things. And I thought that he needed what I kind of needed. And that as long as he got that, you know, we'd be perfect. Um, yeah. So, um, but it turned out otherwise. So there was a lot of, I guess the new age term is infidelity, or we would just say he just cheated. Um, But I would get um, random phone calls of, you know, other women. And I figured, okay, you know what? (sighs) You know, I've seen other women go through this. You know, there's ways to maneuver it and, you know, get past it. but then it got so bad where I got to the point where, you know what, he's going to do what he wants to do. Then, 
you know what, maybe I'll just do what I want to do. Um, I tried to leave a couple times before and um, police were actually called a few times in, you know, our heated um, discussions um, where I'd threatened to pack his things, you know, in a shopping cart or whatever, or where I would, you know, attempt to pack my things to just leave. And he always told me that I couldn't leave him. But at that particular time, I just thought it was just, you know, just speech or, um, so it wasn't until later down in the relationship where I really decided that, you know what, I can't do this anymore. I really realized that, okay, maybe those words were really true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how long were you in the relationship before you decided to leave? Like, how long were you guys together? Uh, we were together for about a year. And he was, he was super sweet in the beginning, as they always are. Um, he had a very caring nature. And I think that was the thing that I love the most about him. I would go to work. He would make dinner. He would tidy up. You know, I would come home to bubble baths and candles lit and, you know, the, the, the mushy stuff that girls love. Um, mm-hmm. And then because I was a single mom at the time, um, on days where I couldn't catch my bus or whatever, I would coordinate with him and he would pick my daughter up from daycare. And he seemed really sweet. But then it got to the point where... He would go out starting Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday. Like, he was just always out. And I was never really a party person. Um, so after I saw a long, like, long pattern of every Thursday to Sunday, the same thing, mm. I was kind of like, okay, you know what? My mind started to say, okay, well, you know what? Maybe, you know, you guys are on two different um, paths. So I started to question certain things and I started to just do my own thing. And that was when things kind of got a little, I would say crazy because he realized that I was kind of drifting away. Mm, And then the moment he saw me starting to drift away, you know, he would he cut out the partying for a little bit or not as much, but then to kind of keep me in check, that's what I'm calling it now. It's like, okay, well, you know, you can't do this. You can't do that. And anyone who knows me knows I'm, I think I'm a rebellion at heart. (laughs) I, you cannot try to control me. You cannot try to tell me what to do. And I think that's where things really started getting ugly. Yeah. Because I wasn't, I wasn't submissive, if if that's the appropriate term to use. And it sounds like he was controlling, and so in in a way, and um, which kind of didn't make sense because if you're gone four days of the week partying, you you have no idea what I'm doing, right? <laughs> so, um, but for him, it was okay until he realized that he would be gone for two or three days, and I wouldn't call him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's like okay hold on like like he's saying what's going on here she's not calling me she's not texting me it's like she doesn't care that i'm not 
there, yeah, which yeah. really was what happened. I really didn't care. Mm-hmm. Did um, it ever get physical with you guys at all? Okay, so um, so in that process, um, I ended up in church, and I got I had gotten baptized. Did I find out I was pregnant just before I got? Yeah. So I didn't want to. Yeah. So it was like, you know, here you are trying to fix all your wrongs. And then you find out you're pregnant, which that's a whole other story because I was told I couldn't have really have any more kids after my first one. Wow. So that's, that's an interesting story. Um, and then um, when I, when I got baptized I was pregnant and I didn't want to be baptized anymore because I found out I was pregnant and you know going to Sunday school growing up in church as a small child you kind of know that there's certain things that you just don't do then it was out of wedlock on top of that too right um but um the pastor at the time you know kind of counseled me and you know say if this is what your heart is telling you to do go ahead and do it um so I got um, baptized and, you know, still pregnant. And up until that point, things were not physical towards me. Like we've broken a few things around the house. Um, I have a temper. He has a temper. Um, but nothing touching each other's body. So I think a year and a half into our relationship, um, I think with him just talking, um, I think I heard of another situation where something happened, someone upset him and he kind of went off and I was like, okay, but still I didn't really think much of it because in my naiveness, if that's the word, yeah, I thought, you know, he would, I honestly thought he would never put his hands on me. Like I didn't fear him like that. So it 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 was kind of interesting. Like I've seen him get upset. I've called the police a couple of times. Well, just pretend dial 911 and you know, hit send. And then I found out that the police still do show up, you know. <laughs> so that was um a hard lesson. And they kind of knew that things were kind of like off because there's a shopping cart in the middle of the the, the apartment, what? right? <laughs> because we would get in these, um, I, I'd say verbal arguments where I'm like, you know what? I can't do this no more. Just take your stuff and leave. And I would attempt to pack your stuff. And while I'm packing. And you'd get a shopping cart. <laughs> <laughs> because that's the only way <laughs> to move as much stuff as, it was so toxic. Like looking back now, like it was just disastrous. but. <sighs> thank god we're here um Amen. and you know it, it just went on and on and then he was starting the cycle again he's out and this time it wasn't going out and coming back it was leaving for three four five days at a time oh, wow. been, i'm assuming like a totally different life so i'm like okay well you do you, I'll do me. And I was starting to live my life and he wasn't accepting of that. But I'm like, but you're over there doing your thing. You know, just let, just let me be free and do my thing. I was, I was already pregnant too. And 
He's like, no, I can't do that, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, I found out there were, I think, two other women at the time that was pregnant at the same. So talk about why I'm still standing today. I don't even know because just the shock of it. Like, I remember the shock of hearing about these other two pregnancies. Wow. I, I was... I was the girl that went home to the family functions. I knew mom, you know, I was always at their house. So I had kind of no reason to think, well, he wasn't bringing them home to family and all of that stuff. So I was like, you know, you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. I kind of have this life that I always kind of wanted, but all these women issues on the side, like I've never known any of that. And so he'd come back and then make things right. And then he would go again. And then it's just ping pong in for like up until my daughter was born. Um, he was there for the birth and then he left and he went to another woman and it was just ping pong back and forth. Mm-hmm. And then um, he ended up, um, he got to the point where I'm like, look, and I became I, we won't, we weren't friends. She knew who I was, or at least one of them knew who I was. Mm-hmm. I knew who she was. She would pick him up from our apartment. I knew where her apartment was. She's not letting go. I'm telling him to go. He's not going. Like, I made the decision and I'm like, listen. She wants you. She can have you. I'll be fine. Oh, but I don't want her, you know, men. I don't want her, blah, 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 da, 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 da. Yeah. Don't you notice I don't even bring her around my family, da, 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 da. And she was pregnant. Um, so I had my daughter in November. I think she had her child in, I want to say maybe five months later, something like that. It was just weird. Wow. And sorry, not to cut you, but I wonder, like, so when you decided to leave, how did that go? Like, how did you finally make the decision to sever ties? Okay, so I I wrote about that in in, um, my portion of the process. I just stopped paying the bills. (laughs) Oh, Lord. I stopped paying the rent. I, I would do groceries because, you know, my child does need to eat. And so did I. But I stopped paying because I guess he stopped working. He was just having too much fun having fun. So I don't know his responsibilities went through the window. And then there was a little bit of hustling, you know, in there as well. Um, and the eviction notice came, I think, two, three months later, something like that. Um, my relationship was, with my mother wasn't all that great, but I had mentally prepared myself that because I knew it was coming. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to have to swallow my pride and go and live with my mom. And that was how I brought it to him. I said, well, look here, the eviction notice came. Um, how about, I said, what are we going to do about it? He's like, well, what do you want me to do about it? <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Um, and I think, actually, I think it was his suggestion. I'll just go live with my mom and you go live with your mom. 
And I was like, oh, okay. That was like, okay. Fantastic <laughs> idea. Um, but even leading up to that, like I had moments where I would just fantasize about, you know, tying him up on a chair and just torturing him for days. Like it got to that point where wow. I had to really check myself and be like, it's either you're going to kill him or he's going to kill you. Like it, it was progressively with each argument getting worse. Till this point, he wasn't physical with me. So we both moved to our parents and oh he had all the freedom in the world i always had my job i you know i was more level head like how the these two worlds collided i don't know but we're from two totally different worlds mm-hmm. um so i had a more structured lifestyle to get up drop the kid my well now there's two kids drop my daughters to daycare go to work you know come home pick them up blah 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 him on the other hand he was just living his best life um with this other woman there were other women but she was like the other main woman if oh lord (laughs) (laughs) so um and i started to you know just randomly date other guys because i knew that i knew it was over Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be over, but there was still this little string because it was just a constant back and forth. And so I started dating other guys and we were seeing less and less of each other. And I bumped into him once at his mom's house and he knew I was talking to another guy. And, you know, he was like, this is the first time now it's actually been physical in a sense, not abuse, I guess, maybe because his mom was there, but he pulled me down the stairs and he was literally on me trying to get to my phone that was on an inside pocket in my jacket because he wanted to know who this other guy was. It's like, wow. in your life, I'm trying to, you know, move on with the pieces. And it was so easy to get over him because I had already made up in my mind, like, I don't even want this. Um, his mom did help with staying with the kids while I went and continued my studies until that was completed. You know, God bless her heart because she stepped up as a grandma the way my mother wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I stayed at my mom's. So now he's trying to come back around cause he realized, Oh, she's really gone. And he would always come to my mom's house and I kind of ignore him or find some thing for them to tell him to do then one day he showed up there and he's like calling me on the phone if you don't if you don't open this door now i'm gonna burn your mom's house down man like i'm now involved in innocent people and this man has no fear of nobody or nothing i thought that would have actually been better for me so then i fast tracked the process now and i found myself an apartment and he wasn't allowed to come to the apartment. I would meet him outside to see the kids because I'm respecting that you moved on with this other woman. I'm not like her. I don't want this messy stuff. I have no time for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple of times <laughs> he did come up. Oh, he had to bring my daughter to the washroom. So he did come up to bring her to the washroom. And then he would call. I was constantly changing my phone number. Bell Canada must have loved me back then. 
because he would come find a way into the apartment and he'll call himself from my home phone so that he can have the number. Oh, and I would terrorize me that way. Um, and then it just got to the place where um, I was going out. I thought we had both moved on with life and we were both doing good. And he showed up when I think it was my birthday weekend. I can't remember exactly the year. And that for that reason, I didn't celebrate my, I struggled to celebrate my birthday. Um, and I was going out with one of my friends. She had lived upstairs in the building and he came in and it just caught me right off guard. And he grabbed me. He just started punching me. Right. And, and how long were you together up until, or on and off up until this point? We weren't really together. The moment we moved out of my, my apartment, I considered our relationship done. Mm-hmm. He was just holding on to Mm-hmm. whatever the invisible string was. And I kept telling him like, go live your life with her. I let, I'm like, I let you go so that you could be with her. Just leave me alone. Mm-hmm. The and reason why I'm asking though, is because I wanted to just for the folks listening to have an idea of sometimes the cycle of abuse doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. start with hitting. Mm-hmm. Even though there's years in between the, you know, some of those yeah, red yeah. flags. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those are symptoms of something deeper. So every time, like, and he naturally is, or it sounds so weird for me to say this. (laughs) He's naturally a sweet person. Or when he reminds me of like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, that, you know, that book that you read back in school days, like he's one person, but he's someone totally different. No, that situation was super toxic. Like, and prolonged um, for a really long time. I'm wondering, how has God turned that situation into good? How are you helping using that to help others? Like, I know you do a lot, but just for the sake of our listeners. I think the first thing is, um, I try to communicate the narrative that, you know, not because you've experienced something, um, don't feel bound or subject to that thing. (laughs) because I would have never thought I'd be at this place. Um, But I think we're so ashamed of the things that we've been through that one, we don't open and we don't talk about it. Um, Even for myself, it, it was after I was put in a leadership role, you know, where I'm like, you know, I really have to do Um, something, especially where women are concerned, because we all carry, you know, something from the past that we're trying to let go of, but we we can't really shed it, whether we, we trust, we have trust issues, whether, you know, we're just ashamed of what people are going to think about us. And I really thought, you know, what would he or she, you know, say about me if they heard that I really I still have friends that are super critical um, because they they know who he is and just having like daily conversations with your friends and hearing how they talk you know you cannot go to certain friends with certain things right so you know 
so even though you're trying to bring it up, it's like you have to swallow it back because you just don't want to deal with what's going to come next. So I, you know, I encourage women to just own your story. It's a hard and emotional process, but I think it's a liberating one um, because you don't have to worry about and I think the main thing is you don't have to worry about someone using that particular story to whether it's traumatize you, blackmail you. People are just, you know, vindictive. Um, and you can choose how you want to deliver your own story instead of trying to defend your story mm -hmm. after someone. Oh, you know, I know that girl and she did X, Y, and Z. And yeah. you know, just be comfortable and in, 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 in open up with younger women. And how do you help? Cause you have, um, you mentor women, you're minister, you do all these things. Like, do you think that experience, you know, helps? How it translates? So, <laughs> and especially with the younger girls at, at, at church and even with my own, I have three girls. So I was like, geez, why three? But I have open, transparent conversations with, anyone who sits in my circle i don't sugarcoat anything and i think my generation i grew up not knowing a lot because you know certain things big people don't talk around kids so i was super naive too um but with the girls at church you know we talk about like warning signs you know things to look for and it's okay to you know hold on to your virginity you know, that's one thing that I wish <laughs> if I had known better, you know, we always say if we had known better, you know, but I find that especially younger girls, they gravitate with you. They gravitate towards you when you could just be real about life and life situations. Um, a lot of people see me and don't see my story. And then when I start to, they're like, oh, wow, you really been through something like that? Because they don't expect, I don't know how I'm perceived, but to me, like I grew up ghetto. I, I'm like your, um, one of the most down to earth person, but other people perceive me as something else, you know, whether, oh, she takes you nice and she's stush. Like these are yeah. things that, yeah. So and when, that's a huge thing, even in the body of Christ, like when you come out through the other side, a lot of times we don't talk about our testimonies. So people just look on you and they're like, oh, well, you have it all together when, you know, God, know. God be it, the glory that we're still standing, right? It, it was his grace. And, and um, I focus a lot on healing and, and just trying to find ways to move through our our dark places or dark spaces um especially in the church <laughs> because um yes the church is where light is or should be but we're sitting in this in, in church in these super dark places and that's actually was my next question actually for you was concerning that was like there's so many people in the body of Christ that come to church once to three times a week that are suffering at home. They have really bad home situations, whether it's abuse mm -hmm. or 
you know, whatever is going on, how can we better support folks going through this as a body of Christ? From my personal experience is I think we first have to start having these conversations. So depending on what the topic is for the month, if I can touch on something personal, I do. Because that's also given, you know, my audience insight into, oh, okay, what you see on the pulpit is not, she did she didn't come from a long line of preachers. She didn't come from having it all together. Like I, if we were writing Bible chapters, I think I would make it in a chapter somewhere in the Bible because of my experiences. But I learned out of all of that, love has to trump everything. And I think in order for love to be able to trump everything, forgiveness has to be at the center of it and we cannot forgive if we're still holding on to little bits and pieces of um things no matter how emotionally traumatizing they have been um there's definitely layers to our forgiveness um and we have to start somewhere so every time i tell a part of my story it's like I'm giving the invitation for someone to say, okay, um, how did you get through this? I don't want to know everybody's business. If you come to me for support and, 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 and counseling or whatever, that is fine. And that's totally confidential. Um, and I, that's one thing too, that I make known to my kids. It doesn't matter if your friends say something to me. I can't, I can't comment on it to you if you only know one side of the story and i know the full side of the story and i think that's another important thing within the kingdom is not because i know sister sarah's business doesn't mean my wife or my kids or my wife my husband or my kids need to know uh, sister sarah's business and that's a breach of confidentiality and that's the biggest thing yeah, when um, I speak at churches, that's one thing that people often say is that they feel like they can't trust, um, can't trust their, you know, their friends at church or their pastor because they've shared before or sometime in the past and somehow what they shared got around the whole entire church, the whole entire community. So that's something that we need to do as well, I think, is build trust. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, build trust when someone tells you something that you don't go around and telling everybody, even as ministers, right? Because that's... Um, you can. Yeah. Like, not so, and I think even training, we should receive training. Like, some of us get it right out the bat. Some of us don't. But we need to have these ongoing training especially around confidentiality and i think once we're trained well or properly i'm from a legal background too so i don't know if that's why you know certain things are that more um sacred i think to me or come natural i i would say um once we can prove that we can be um trustworthy then i think individuals will start opening up more and then i feel that's when breakthroughs start happening in in within our 
different organizations because there there is um there is a freedom in just being me i'm not going to be judged there's too many i'm kind of old school church where you know the the the, the legalistics of the, the 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 bible were focused more on law instead of just walking someone through their journey i was in church for a good portion of what i was experiencing and i never uttered a word because i was already pregnant out of wedlock i wasn't getting married to the individual that I should have gotten married to. And I thank God till this day that he was a bit reluctant or hesitant. Oh my goodness. That would have been horrible. Because then the next thing is, well, you know, he is your husband. Pray about it or just try and work it out. Um, I think we need to be realists with the situations that are presented amongst our congregations and not be quick to judge some things are going to come up that we don't understand but compassion okay i don't understand what you're going through sister susie but we can try and get you the resources and and with these additional resources and you know um whether it's praying with you and encouraging you along your way along your journey then you know we're here for you um Mm -hmm. we tend to not like to go in areas where we don't feel we are fully knowledgeable especially within the, the, the the church body it's like, oh, okay, you know, let's pray for sister so and so. And yes, prayer is good. I have seen God do some amazing things in my life through prayer and just declaring things. Yeah. With sure. my mouth. But if you're telling sister so and so to just, oh, declare and pray and pray, what tools are we given our sister to, and brothers too, but you know, for this sake, what tools are we giving her to maneuver through this process? Exactly. Yeah, definitely. You know, for me and going through that process with the domestic abuse, I found every route I took and every avenue that I took, I hit a roadblock. Mm-hmm. Like it got so bad when I, you know, I would call back the police. So the police were involved and charges were pressed and you know, the whole nine yards with, with the domestic abuse. Um, but he was still stalk, like stalking me Afterward. yeah. afterwards. And I, I went back to the police station and I called the police and they're like, ma'am, if he comes close to you, call 911. I'm like, is that before or after I'm dead? You know, how am I going to right? So I just felt that, you know, every turn that I took it was a roadblock and it it was a hard place because I had no one to talk to about it I couldn't go to the church about it from my naive understanding nobody in church has these problems especially if they have a husband right so it's like I'm using the same words that we learn in church and I'm talking myself out of helping myself 
You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So I think we have to be aware at times, and it's hard when you're in a hard place, to not talk yourself out of getting the help you need because the Bible says X and the Bible says Y. That was, uh, yeah, that was actually one of my questions. The last question was um, for uh, the ladies listening right now that are currently, as you said, how you were just hitting roadblocks and you didn't know mm -hmm. how to get out of this situation. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you have to say to them? Um, you know, what are, what is some advice that you have for them, those women who are currently in that situation? For me, okay, so in this 2019, you know, a lot has changed. And um, I think the first I would say is your faith. You have to maintain faith. Yes, it's hard. And I think that's the one thing that kept me, even though, so I was now out of church, backslidden state, just trying to process all of it. I wasn't really talking to friends. I just, I was just by myself because it was just so traumatic for me. I found myself just talking to God, yeah. praying, reading, you know, I, and, and, and created a space where I was able to receive his peace. Um, it wasn't overnight for sure, but to be determined enough in your mind that regardless what happens, this is the peace that I see. This is the love that I see. This is the forgiveness I want and just move towards that, even in the dark, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, now there are resources available. And I just found this out. I think I was telling you the last time we spoke, I just found this out maybe a month ago now that on the employment, I want to say it's Employment Standards Act, that there, if you've been in a domestic um, situation, or I think the other one's sexual abuse, um, you don't have to discuss anything with your employer. I'm for sure, I'm, I would assume maybe your family doctor is involved, depending on the situation. You can contact them directly to request time off of work just to process and to deal with um, you know, just some of the emotions that you're going through because not everyone is able, like I did, to pile on a face of makeup and pretend like it's peaches and roses at home and go into work just because you had to show up or you're going to lose your job. Um, yeah. And it's the Employment Standards Act? Yes. And that's in I Ontario. In Ontario, I was writing a blog about that. I will confirm with you. If you send me the link. Um, You'll link I, it afterwards. Yeah, yeah, I can put the link there. But yeah. finally, um, how do we get in touch with you? Like if someone, want, if someone wants to know more about you and what you do, how can we find you? So I'm on Instagram, um, on Facebook, at the so t-h-e my first and last name um that's across most social media platforms anyways but i'm most active on instagram and facebook and then i also have a website www.angele or angele heath a-n-g-e-l-e-h-e-a-t-h dot -E 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 com 